Kicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation. You're watching the spoiler alert comic weekly comic book discussion show. Listen, there's no weekly comic books anymore. So uh well, I don't I didn't know if we should just make this, we should start calling it a book club, but then people, I don't know. It's still spoiler alert. It's still your fellas. I'm Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Len. Yo, what's up? Hi, it's your boy. This is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. Noel. Hi, my name is Noel. And oh, Brian. Brian. Yeah. I'm Brian. And uh, I think we can still spoil these books for people if they Ooh. haven't read them yet, even though they're older. What comics are we reading? Well, I'm telling you, Noel and Brian and Len, <laughs> we've already read them. So if you've come here to read the books, you've already, you're, already, you're already late. I thought it was a reading uh, question. <laughs> we're going to be talking about hmm. Black Hammer, Volume 1, Secret Origins, by Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormstrom. And then a little bit later, there actually was a new release this week. Thank you to Noel, I believe, who pointed it out. If you go to panelsyndicate.com, uh, which is the, I believe it's Brian K. Vaughn's website, they are, he has been creating with other creators comics that you can download digitally for whatever price you decide you want to pay them. It's a pay what you want. Uh, comic book service and I believe that's kind of the only place you can get them until they print them in big hardcovers and then you can get the big oversized hardcovers usually for around I don't know 50 bucks each um, but if you want the single issues panelsyndicate.com so this week they actually released a new issue called Friday by Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin uh, some of my favorite creators and we will be talking about that a little bit later today but first we got letters we, we got, got letters? letters. Oh, we got we lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. <laughs> this will never sound good. Um, <laughs> so I posted last night that we'd be talking about Black Hammer, and then Ian Granville po posted on our Facebook. I love every single Black Hammer title, even the JLA crossover, which I thought I would not enjoy. Mm -hmm. Wowed me by the end. The Dr. Star was my favorite because I really love the Starman series DC and James Robinson put out way back when. A true celebration of the entire medium. So, thank Star you, Man Ian. Or Black Hammer is? Black Man. Black Hammer. Is Black, Man? Of the Black Man Hammer. Black Man Hammer. Black Man <laughs> Hammer. Uh, I'll tell you, I really enjoyed the fact that the Starman character... Your homage was named Jimmy Robinson. I thought that that was a cool, uh, yeah. cool reference. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was some other. I wrote down another um, one. Uh, so basically, when we're introduced to the Swamp Thing character, the two the two dopes who go into the house that they're not supposed to are Len and um, Bernie. No. Uh. <laughs> I'm the one that gets murdered. Named after Len Wein and uh, Bernie Wrightson, who created Swamp Thing. 
Oh, I didn't know the. Uh, I didn't get. I didn't get either of those. But uh, I don't think I would have gotten Bernie Wrightson. Uh, we have another letter. Oh, yeah. This one's from Pink Apocalypse, longtime oh, wow. friend of the show. Wonderful. Cool. Yeah. Hi guys. Hi. There's there's some video or there's some YouTube videos floating around talking about the dire condition comic shops are suddenly in, which you obviously know. I would be grateful if you kept us apprised each week, even briefly, on how you are doing as this thing rolls through the country. So uh, if you guys can remind me every week, we can do a little um, update on how things are going as this thing rolls through the country. So uh, my shop is currently closed. You know, a non-essential businesses are not allowed to be open for shopping, but the workaround is we're able to do mail outs and I believe the occasional curbside pickup. I leave my curbside pickups um, to um, just kind of like longtime customer friends that I know and everyone else gets a mail out. Um, so, yeah, uh, all weekly comics have stopped for now, um, but we can talk about the new um, the news. The news in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so everything has stopped for now, but everything that was previously available is still available uh, while supplies last. So I'm still able to do special orders. Um, like, for instance, someone contacted me today and they want Blackest Night Volume 1. So I'm going to be getting that for them. Um, so, yeah, I'm still ordering books in. Um, but also delivery has slowed a little bit as well. So I used to be able to get things within like two days and now it's the next week that the books come in. So, yeah, um, I know a lot of, a lot of places aren't able to do the, um, mail outs for whatever reason, but I even have the deliveries coming directly to my house now. So they don't go to my shop. They come to my house and I'm able to sit here and do my mail outs. That's, That's pretty awesome. Cool. Um, she continues. I can't stand watching any of the videos at length because they are in full shrill conservative screech mode over this snowflake and safe space thing. So um, basically there's a new new warriors series starting up, which features not only the original team of the new warriors, but also some new young, younger characters, newer warriors. Okay. If you will. And one of them is named Snowflake. Another one is named Safe Space. And that has a lot of people. Oh. The other one is Trailblazer. Trailblazer. The, the, the larger Latino girl with the backpack is Trailblazer. Yeah, she's got a, ma a magic backpack. And so every, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, are, uh, who get mad at things like that. So, of course, they are mad at it. Um, but uh, she continues, I can't bring myself to care about it. The effort feels like tone-deaf cringe. I'm an actual progressive socialist feminist, and one look at the characters made me want to barf a technicolor rainbow. But whatever, I guess. Listen, my stance is now and always will be, I'll figure it out when I read the issue. Uh, one of, I think one of the most annoying things about the internet is the tendency for people to see a thing that hasn't happened yet and then just get mad about it, and then rant and rave and post. And I get it. You want clicks. You want people to click your video, so you you know you go real angry and stuff about it. But for me, like if it's something I'm interested in, I'll try it out. And if I like it, great. If I don't like it, that's the end of it. I'm not gonna hoot and holler on the internet about it. Same here. I agree. Yeah, that's kind of my my big point, though. 
you have you have some sort of reaction to this promo like if you're interested or not if it grabs you or not like no i honestly have no i don't care um when the issue comes out yeah we'll probably read it for the show Hmm. but at seeing that i'm like oh the colors are kind of cool she's got a magic backpack all right um people are upset that they're called snowflake and safe space but i also understand taking a word Hmm. uh that is meant as derogatory and wearing it as a badge of honor so it's yeah. happened over history. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they're upset that this, you know, oh no, they're called snowflake and safe space. It's like, yeah, yeah. They're doing it because that's what you call them. Yeah. Uh, to, to jump in, I kind of agree with almost all of you that the, um, when we, oh, when it was first announced and we saw it like all over the internet, like the character designs were just like, that's super bright. Okay, cool. And then they gave you the names and it was like, well, it's crazy on the nose, but fine. It's really not mine or it's not necessarily for me. So that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the, everyone freaked out even more at the promotional video that Marvel sent out of the writer and the artist talking about the creation of the characters and what they mean and why they chose these names and stuff like that. And every single, at least according to his spiel, it might be, it might not actually execute correctly, but every single thing that he explained, it's all a story purpose. It's all a reason for the character and it all makes sense in context. So I was like, I actually am relatively interested in finding out if he does this well. Like that was pretty much the whole conversation, except for everyone else. It seemed as if it was, it never got past the first stage of safe space and snowflake. Fuck off. Don't make me read your shit. And it's like, well, that was never the intent. No one wants you to read it because you're an yeah. asshole. Yeah, that's the thing that always frustrates me is they act like this thing is, oh, they're cramming their stuff down my throat. I'm like, no, no, they're not. They're putting out a, a product. And if you buy that product, that's that's your decision. The The reaction always it the reaction is always feels like um, not only are they introducing something new that may not be for you, but they're introducing something new. And then the introduction of this is actually going to spontaneously set all of your back issues on fire. You'll yeah. mm-hmm. never be able to read anything again I guess, except this. I guess that does touch on probably the heart of Do what it. Like, it's so stupid. Is that it's like, they're obviously the back issues aren't going to go away. They're worried that the thing that they love is going to change and, away from something that they like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you it, know, I, I mean, I can understand that. I don't agree with their racist and bigoted motivations. <laughs> I can understand that too, though. Like that—that makes that uh, having empathy for that makes perfect sense. The idea of you feel this way because of X, Y, Z. I get it. Sure. But take into consideration that the entirety of comic books, comic book storytelling, has been cyclical since the beginning of time. Every single change that's made is usually reverted back at some point. Also, as a part of this story, explicitly, the classic characters are the mentors throughout the whole thing. Like they are an active part of the story. There's no swap replacement. This is literally just, well, you know, when they, the, the, like they argue that like, make your own characters. Okay. We did. Right. These characters. Oh, no, but don't do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make I mean, your own characters that I like already. That yeah. are. <laughs> that have liked for, for, for 40 years. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So, like, that's why I don't even pay attention to any of that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. these, because these are 
ultimately people that are just piping up because like Brian said, you know, something that they have loved so long is now has the whiff of a change. And in today's climate, it can be true. Just like Noel said, usually change in comic books, the the change that you always know is going to cycle back. It's going to reset to, to, to zero. But mm -hmm. in the world that we live in today, every reset still leaves little crumbs of the reboot. And that's yeah. not the way that it used to be. So all of these guys are scared of the crumbs that are going to stay behind. However, in the 21st century, in order for this industry to survive in the climate and in the world that we are today, those crumbs have to remain. There, There is some change that has to actually uh, hold on and actually become a thing. You know, you can no longer depict Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson sleeping in the same bed. You can't do that anymore, right? They did right. it long ago. You can't get away with it doing doing it now. Things have to change. And you got to either live with it, love it, or suck it. Yo, well, I would argue <laughs> that, those, that those crumbs are actually what has become great about the reboots, right? Yes. Like that part of the cycle where things kind of start to go back to the way that most people like, but there are the things that are left over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about continuity stuff, not not like any kind of representation or anything like that. Well, but Miles, like, you Miles know. Morales, Kamala Khan, um, all of yeah. these great characters that were that were shoved on us when you removed all of our, <laughs> our legacy characters, but really just their stories were told and they were folded back into the greater like universes and they are yeah. just beloved now then. Yeah. And like, you get your reset. Like Peter Parker goes back to being Spider-Man, but now you also have Miles Morales, you know, or like Hal Jordan goes back to being Green Lantern, but Kyle Rayner is around now, you know, like Kyle like, Rayner. What? Who's Kyle Rayner? What's that? Yeah, yeah Kyle Rayner oh, ain't really. Well, <laughs> uh, he hasn't been up too much recently. Really around right he, now. Exists. <laughs> he exists though. But you, you know, know, it's also kind of funny to me. You know, I've also seen. Well, you know, but, but I like She-Hulk. She, they do She-Hulk. That's the right way to do it. It's like, but no, it's another character that's been around for forty years. And guess mm -hmm. what? She-Hulk became She-Hulk because they were like, "Hey, the Hulk's selling. What if we had Hulk, but it was a woman?" Yep. Yeah. Yeah, She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure people were hooting and hollering about a She-Hulk back then too. Like, ah, feminists trying to steal our Hulks. I love to see those arguments. Michael Keaton will suck as Batman. Elvis Presley's dances are obscene. And then it's yep. like, you look back later and you're like, now that there's no heat involved in it, these are stupid weren't, arguments. Weren't the, weren't, yeah. weren't the Beatles like product of the devil too? Yeah. Like, yes. I, yes. Just fucking relax. You know, yeah. safe, space, safe space and snowflake are not going to ruin your your reading yeah. experience for all time. Yeah. And Dude. maybe they'll be the ones that stick around, and, and one of them joins the Avengers in ten years. You know, people do not believe it. I mean, because yes, we are in the year of twenty twenty, but when you think about it, there are people still around, still alive today, who in their lifetime, like B just mentioned, Elvis Presley was on television and they did not, they purposefully did not film him from the waist down because it was going to going to erupt. 
or even more egregiously for your people, from my perspective, there were movies, there were television shows that were edited so that the black people doing anything that looked up any way positive, like crossing the street at the actual green light and not jaywalking, was edited out of films and television and television shows when they were shown down the South because the Southern people didn't want to see black people being good. And this was after slavery. So fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. I, I no, I think that's a, that's a perfect rapper. Because that's really what it comes down to. Like, it's going to happen. Fuck yep. you. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to go back to Pink's email, I don't care about Snowflake and Safe Space. I may in the future, but I know, I know, I know literally nothing about them so far. So mm. I'll check out the issue. If I enjoy it, great. I'll read more of it. If I don't enjoy it, I'll put it down, and that'll be the end of it. Uh, Dan uh, is a good is a good writer, too. So, is he? I don't know. I don't even know who he is. He did. Um, he's done a couple of things here and there for Marvel, but he most recently did the um, Loki miniseries that came out of War of the Realms, which was actually really cool. I heard it was good. Um, he, he's done. A, he's done a good handful of stuff. He's he's a good writer. Yeah. Uh, she continues. I'm really looking forward to very lightly getting back in the comics with the return of my all-time favorites, Spider Woman. A grown woman with wow. a kid and a real financial problems. Sign me up. And in fact, I did sign her up. Uh, uh, Pink is one of my uh, subscribers now. <laughs> That's nice. nice. I'm emailing her her Spider Woman books. Nice. That first issue was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Um, I don't so think yeah. I've ever heard anyone say, I mean, I'm, you know, good on you. I just don't think I've ever heard anyone say that Spider Woman was their all time favorite. Hero. So I will be wondering. I'll be curious as to where and when and why did Spider Woman click with her? Yeah, mm. yeah. Actually, that's a great idea. Pink, write us in and let us know. Tell us about your love of Spider Woman. I want to hear more about it. Um, I gotta say, I don't remember who was writing it at the time, but when she got that new costume several years ago, and then um, had a mini series, and then she got pregnant, and there was a mini series about her being pregnant, still having to try and fight crime. So she like. I thought it was cool. Uh, get their yeah. buddy to help her out. It was it was like kind of fun, and it felt a little bit like um, superior foes of Spider-Man. So there was some fun action stuff happening, but also a bit of humor to it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I really like that. Yeah, wasn't the designer, the artist, either like a um, a Marcos Martin or a Javier Paluto was, type? Something like, like that, was, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Javier Rodriguez or Paluto? Or, yeah, it was one of those guys. One of the three that have that yeah. very like 50s classic style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. It was fly. It was fly. Cool, cool. Editor's note, it was actually Dennis Hopeless and Javier Rodriguez uh, started with Spider-Woman Volume 2, New Duds, and then continued into the new Spider-Woman Volume 1, Baby Talk, also by Hopeless and Rodriguez. Highly recommended. Uh, Max Mancini cool. wrote in, oh. Hey gang, Max, a.k.a. the worthiest of tribbles, here to thank you for introducing me to TKO Comics. I listened to your episode dedicated to their books and decided to order a few through their website. Your episode combined with how they are one of the publishing companies helping comic shops by donating 50% to a shop of your choosing made this a no-brainer. While I wait for the kids to be <laughs> while I wait for these books to be delivered, I have read four kids walk into a bank and 
We Can Never Go Home from Black Mask Studios, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Have you read these? If so, what did you think? I find myself inspired by independent comic publishers supporting brick-and-mortar shops. I would love to see something similar from the big two, meaning Marvel and DC. I have also refamiliarized myself with some classic X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons thanks to Disney+. Plus. Hmm. Two-part crossover is fun. <laughs> Spider-Man thinks mutants are gross. Hmm. What have you guys read in your extra time? Have you binged anything lately? Or is there something you have always wanted to dive into and plan to now? I find the books slash shows that I have always wanted to read slash watch are never what I actually pick up when I have the time. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all true. for continuing on in these trying times and giving us something to look forward to. Stay safe, Max Mancini. Thank you, Max. What a great email. Um, all right, so let's go. Uh, a TKO. Yep. That was a fun episode, and I think we all love most of the books coming out of TKO. So if you haven't checked them out, do it. Um, But also, as well as TKO, Black Mask is doing the same thing where if you go to blackmask.com, I don't think it's blackmask.com. Maybe it's blackmaskstudios.com. And you order through their website and let them know your local comic book store's name. They will send, for instance, my shop 50% of the uh, money you spent as if I had ordered the book from them and sold it to you. So I'm still getting my cut, uh, which is just one of the coolest things as a retailer. Um, now, and it is, it is blackmassstudios.com. Thank you so much. Wait, no, uh, spoilers, so, right? I have not read Four Kids Walk Into a Bank yet. No, oh, no spoilers. Spoiler alert. Um, we Can Never Go Home was one of my favorite things that year, as well as four kids walk into a bank. Uh, I highly recommend both of those. So I, I haven't dipped into too many Black Mass Studios books, but those two I did read, and they're awesome. I love both of them. I, I have and them I in the read pile. I just yeah, they're it. both from um, Matt uh, Dennis Hopeless, Hallam. Rosenberg. Oh, shoot. Matt Rosenberg. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> I have them in my read pile, which like is a segue into something else. But uh, I just, just don't like talk about other than you liked it, please. And I also, and I also shout out for the um, they also produce uh, the comic book series Black, which is all about a world where only the black people have superheroes, and then they have spinoffs with Black AF. They got a couple of uh, spinoffs <laughs> there. You can check them out, most definitely. Yeah, I read the first volume of Black, and I like that a lot. I haven't gotten into Black AF. AF. <laughs> Got to check it out. It's good stuff. It's good. I stuff. don't know why. I mean, Noel already or no, you dropped the f bomb earlier. You already. Yeah, you I dropped a huge f bomb. That's true. That's cool. Wait, what, what f bomb? Isn't, isn't doesn't AF say all fun? It means all fun. Like Black, all fun. Yeah, black, all fun. Yeah. All fun. But technically, all the name. The but technically, the the title of the book is Black AF, so yeah. it's not. And it is you know. abbreviated, you know. Right. So uh, to continue, though, um, I, I like I like the little tidbit that he dropped. Max did about having a, a go to pile, and then when it's time to go to your go to pile, you don't pick up the go to <laughs> pile. Everything else from your go to pile. Completely different. Yeah. <laughs> it is one hundred percent. One hundred percent the truth, man. It is yeah. that and stuff that you want to watch because there's things that I look at and I want to watch. And I'll be and I'll be just straight up honest. There's stuff I'm like, oh, I want to watch that. But then there's things that I want to watch with somebody. And like, unlike you know, like uh, you, JD, and Noel, 
I'm with me and B. We don't have anybody, so it's like. Uh, so I, I find myself looking for, looking at something else. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, I have, I have a, I have an opposite problem, um, where there are things that I don't want to watch with somebody, and I can't watch them <laughs> because we're together all the time. <laughs> um, Sam doesn't That's love porn. Yeah, Sam doesn't love horror movies. She's not a giant fan of them. And there's a handful oh. of horror movies that I really want to watch. But during the day, we're both working, so I can't, like, sneak away. And then at night, we just have our shared time together. So it's – I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm going to put on this cheesy Nicolas Cage horror movie. You want to sit with me? Like, no, that's that's not how it's going to fly. Right, right. Yeah. I prefer to watch stuff by myself, right, with no distractions. You know, they get further into the story, you know, the fictional realm. Um, I mean, I guess if somebody else is around, as long as they don't talk or make them in any way. I don't know if you guys know this. Brian will call me and just so I can sit silently on the other end. And scared. Yeah, the, I feel like it's a shared experience, but also very separate. And I really appreciate you uh, staying yeah. on the phone intently while we do that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I you tried. Can you breathe louder? Can you well, breathe louder? I tried. I would put it on mute. So that I wouldn't have to like bother him, but he needs yeah. the he needs to hear me breathing. And and like after weeks of this, you have been having chest like chest pains because it's a <laughs> lot of like <laughs> just to get over the phone with it. Yeah. yeah, but it really helps me watch the Flash. So <laughs> <laughs> um, very scary show. There's a big angry gorilla in that show, and it makes me really nervous. Can I answer that? Like answer the 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 question though, like because we just finished. Um, Star Trek Discovery last night, the first season. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, Okay, so we like, and we mainlined four episodes last night because we were only on like 12. Yeah, Yeah. where they're in their alternate universe, and then the turn happens, (laughs) and I'm like, Mm. oh god, yeah, I did not. They resolve it. I'm like, this is a season finale. But you got two episodes left, right? Yeah. Right. So they resolve something bigger. I'm like, what the fuck is this show going other than forward? Because they just yeah. keep resolving stuff. I'm like, this is great. Uh, so we're gonna so start good. the second season. Like as soon as the first season ended, it was like 11 or 12. So we we're like, let's not start. Right. Second. But yeah. we watched a bunch of trailers for the second season. I was just like, Christopher Pike. <laughs> I got super excited when they were like, we're being hailed by. Captain Christopher Pike. Before they said Enterprise, I was like, <gasps> "Do you know who that is? Do you know?" Who? And she's like, "No." I'm like he was before Kirk and Spock is his first. Me- it's a thing. It's a thing. It's cool. You'll like it. He's uh, an interesting. Not about what they do in the show, but he's such an interesting uh, canvas for them to have a character who is yeah. like so storied in Star Trek, but there's so little about him. Yeah, yeah they've never done anything with him other than like, yeah, uh, Bruce Greenwood in the. JJ Abrams. Right, 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 right. Well, that's that, and, then, and, and then in the original series, like they, two episodes. Well, he was in the original pilot, and then they didn't air that, but they cut it together to form the part a, a, of, a different uh, episode. I don't yeah. want to tell you because it, it's a spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Star Trek yeah. Discovery. They knew um, from that in the previously on in the which I thought was cool. When it when it comes to stuff that I've read, like you like that's such a great um, uh, observation. Like the stuff that you have like ready to read, it's not what you end up reading. Mm -hmm. Like the stuff that I reread or or like read really fast this week was 
um, I picked up the uh, loose issues of Batman Superman from JD. Yeah. I was a hater of that series and really didn't like it, but I was like, I'm going to give it a shot because I was mean. Which one are we talking about? The new one with the Batman who laughs. Okay, right, right, right. It's not bad. The art's fantastic. Yeah. It's just that David Marquez. The, the main thing that sucks is that in issue five, it's just like stops to be continued in four other series. I'm like, mm. like, why did you even have to have this arc if you're not going to resolve it? Mm. But, um, but we're going to talk about later Black Hammer. I read the first volume, like we yep. all agreed to do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was, I was off. Like, I, I liked it, but. I didn't like it that much, but mm-hmm. there's so much hype about it. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is something like Invincible, where that real turn of an issue is later in. So I wrote, read the whole second volume. I wasn't expecting to. I just literally read all the way through issue 13 and the annual, and it was a different experience. Mm-hmm. So like, I wasn't expecting to go down that road this week. I was just going to like read it, put it away, and then read something else that I wanted to. But I got stuck in black. I got stuck at the farm, guys. Mm. Nice, nice. Uh, I have, I actually did get to some stuff uh, because generally that is uh, a truism where I have a list of things that I need to get to. And when it's time to get to those things, I'm like, nah, but what about this other thing? So um, I actually have been getting to some of the things that have been on my list and have been um, uh, kind of weighing on me. Also, side note an interesting thing about owning a comic book store for over four years is that. Everybody who's been with me this entire four years, I have already gotten them to read my favorite things. I have already been, <laughs> you know, touting the, you know, the preacher and everyone's like, yeah, we know Rachel rising. We know what else, what else you got? So um, now it's my turn to go and dive into all of these books. I haven't been able to get to so that I can have new favorite things to tell people. So I actually uh, read the first volume of birthright from Image Comics, which is a bunch of fun. Uh, I finished the thing I borrowed from Noel uh, seven months ago. I know it's seven months ago because I have Goodreads and I started reading it (laughs) seven months ago and I just finished it two days ago. And that's the Absolute Wonder Woman Volume 1. That's good. By Brian Azzarello and um, Cliff Chang. Mm -hmm. It's uh, back on my shelf. Yeah, so I gave it back to Noel and then he gave me Volume 2, which is the rest Uh of the series. Um, awesome. What else have I been reading? Yeah, it's uh, a tiny, black camera. Like, how many issues? Like twenty. Uh, no, it's it's like thirty-two or thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laura Dean. I also did. Uh, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me, which is sort of um, a teen romance graphic novel by uh, Mariko Tamaki and Rosemary Valero O'Connell. We did this for my store's book club this week, so I finally got around to reading that. So yeah, what what have you been reading, Bry? I didn't. Last week, I was like, I brought it over. I'm like, I'm going to read this. I didn't read it. I did not read that thing that Peter Milligan. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Already forgot what it was. Uh, yeah, it looks cool. It's got like a kind of a 2000 AD sort of feel to it. But I wouldn't know because I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a book report based off of who wrote it, what the cover yeah. looks like, and how much <laughs> I enjoy reading it. <laughs> uh, how about what, was last, uh, what was the last requirement no oh uh, how many pages it is oh very good very good <laughs> well that would require flipping through it which he didn't do i just look at the last number this many pages. Oh, okay yeah. That's true. oh i looked at a couple of the pages before i bought it 
and, and again now. No, you know what? I was oh. I was intent on it. I was like, all right, last night I'm going to read it. And then we all we decided to read Friday. So I did that instead. Right. And also like watch TV and ate and did other things so, <laughs> as well. It's not like Friday took the occasional bowel hours. movement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I made a bowel. You're a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> I got stuff going up, you know. I'm coming out. Going on, coming in, going out. out. Every which way. Peter Milligan's involved with all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Always in my thoughts. Len, Len, what have you been reading? Uh, um, I I, I, uh, read the most recent volume of Umbrella Academy. So that was, that was, uh, continues to be good stuff. Um, I read uh, uh, what's the book? Um, the Killing the Children. I was drawing a blank on the oh, name. Something is killing the children. Something is killing the ch- children. Yeah. yeah, I read that. That that was good. That that did not disappoint. Um, I, my TKO books that I ordered. Um, I've been looking at them. I artfully placed them on my couch to take a picture of them. And they're still sitting there in that artful <laughs> decoration. <laughs> still, because I keep looking at them like they look so good. And which I just did you, which ones did you pick up? Um the well, I I bought three by way of amalgam. So I bought the banks pound for pound and goodnight paradise. And then I have nice. two others, two others that I'm waiting to waiting to get by way of the hero complex. Which is uh oh, which one was it? The one with the space station? The sentient. Oh, sentient. 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 And and um, Doctor. What's your McCall? Here's some Doctor Fang. That was yeah, one of Doctor Fang. So I'm, I'm nice. still, still waiting for those two to to, to come. Sweet. So once I get them all five, then I'll start reading them. Let me know how Good Night Paradise is. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious as well. Go ahead, Jay. Len. Did you get the uh, trade paperbacks or the book sets? I got the paperbacks. Hmm. Okay, cool. I got the trade paperbacks. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not set up, and will never be set up uh, for floppies again. So no, I don't need the book sets. Well, I mean, they, do, they come. They well, come in a yeah, box. But y'all, so y'all, y'all said the boxes weren't really. They're as well constructed. So they were like for phase one, they're like a pizza box, but for phase two, it's a slipcase. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's fine. I don't need like the things in like different. I'm I'm good with just the trade. So that so that's what I got the trades. Um, and and then for my birthday, yeah. for my birthday, two two of my dearest friends, um, hey, look at them. They're right there. JD and Noel got me uh Marvel's the history of the Marvel universe. Let's see it. Huge, huge treasure. Well, it's in the other room. I don't want to leave the camera. You motherfucker. Well, I'm sorry, dog. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the here's the weird thing. You're going to be mad at me, Noel. You are. There, there it is. You go. There it is. I'll there look at mine because it's beautiful. Yeah, because that's not the cover I have. That's not the cover I have. That's um, I I got it. I got to wait for Noel to come back. Got so it. I got to <laughs> <laughs> wait. I got wait for Noel because he's going to be mad. You're gonna be mad at that's the copy I have, the Treasury Edition. It's a lovely cover. It's a fantastic book. I, I started reading it. It's 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 very cool. The whole idea of Frank um Galactus telling Franklin Richards the story of the Marvel Universe. It's pretty dope. The layout design is dope. But it as I was it smells, you know, marvelly. Um <laughs> it smells marvelous. But as I was reading it, I said, you know what? I feel like I've read this before. And I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> well, well, no, but not that. 
I said, I've read, I feel like I've read something like this before, but it was for DC. And I was like, what was it? And it was the history of the DC universe by Marv Wolfman and George Perez from 1988, which I used to have. It was two 64 page um, comic books. Were, were, were basically were the same thing. It was, it was George Perez's opportunity to draw the history of the DC universe. It was so awesome. There was no awesome. device, right? There was the oh no Harbinger was it was Harbinger had the Franklin Richards role. Do you remember? Yeah, it was Harbinger. Harbinger yeah. was basically you know she was the narrator okay. of the history of the DC universe. Oh, okay. And I said, oh man, I remember that book. So I stopped reading the history of the Marvel universe, went on a deep dive for the legends of the DC universe. Cause I remember I used to have the book, but they got water damaged when I had flooding in my house years ago. So I was, and I said, Oh my God, I can pick up the trade. So I bought the trade cause it's been out of print for like, I guess for forever. I bought the trade. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. It's yeah. How much was that fun. trade, bud? Well, I'm hoping this is real because I got it for, Twelve ninety nine, and then I'm spending ten dollars extra for it to be shipped directly <laughs> here, so I get it by next Wednesday. Nice. So, so it openly came up to like about twenty three bucks. I'm like, for twenty three bucks, I'll I'll spend it for that. Wow. And I got the gray paperback that that, that has the <laughs> Alex Ross cover. Oh damn! On it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because the hardback. Has a the the cover is by Bill Sienkiewicz, which is pretty dope too. But but I couldn't find a really good copy of that, so I've got the um the trade. So now I'm I I shelved the Marvel Universe until I get the DC Universe, so I can read them and compare them both. Hmm. Uh, The issues are on eBay for not that much, like seven eight bucks. Yeah, oh my god, I want it. Yeah, but I don't want I don't want the two individual. I mean, they're great. Yeah. yeah, but I want I want it all, all together. Cool. Yeah, a collected edition of because that was also from a time when there were not that many. You know, collected editions were just getting started. Um, yeah. Not only that, but this was right around because it was 1988. This was right yeah. around the time when they were um, like that. That premier printing was mm. still in vogue. As a matter of fact, it was mm. like they would call it. I think they had just um, like started calling it premier printing before then everybody was calling like oh it's getting that dark night format you know what i mean but then all of a sudden they were like no this is premiere they had to put a name on it hmm. um and it was gorgeous gorgeous um george perez i mean this is peak perez right. so uh, it's 2002 no that's probably the reissue because the book the wasn't right because yeah, it's got an alex ross cover so it's got to be more yeah. recent than the 80s yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah all right so that trade yeah but the book the, the came out in 88 yeah Oh, Yo, I, can't I can't wait to hear about it. I may actually order myself a copy if you when you report back. Uh, yeah. Noel's already on it. <laughs> I'm I'm asking the seller about conviction. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys, let's get it together. Uh, let's yeah. talk about Black Hammer, Volume One, by Jeff Lemire and D- was it Dean Ormstrom? Ormstrom. Yeah. Or Stum, yeah. Ormstom. Stan. 
Ormston. Yeah, Ormston. Thank you so much. Uh, with colors by Dave Stewart. This is a, a much beloved series that started, I want to say, within the last decade. And I have, I'm an on again, off again fan of Jeff Lemire. I think uh, some of his stuff is a little morose, a little mm. melancholic for me. Uh, mm. I'm thinking about Essex County, which is, um, you know, it's it's a great graphic novel, um, but it's not really not really my jam. Mm. Uh, but there, I do, I did love his Animal Man from the New Fifty Two DC series, Animal mm. Man. I thought that was great, and it was a wonderful, you know, uh, tie in with the Swamp Thing book of the time, which I really enjoyed by Zach or Scott Snyder. I always do that. <laughs> And um, so basically, this is a series that he has had on the back burner of his brain for quite a while uh, before he even, I, I believe, while he was doing Essex County. So at no point was he thinking he would ever become a comic creator for Marvel or DC. Hmm. But um, he decided if he was going to write a, 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 a sort of a DC book, this might be what it would look like. And hmm. then um, now he has written for both Marvel and DC, I think. Has he written for oh, Marvel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, he great. writing X-Men for a while, too, I think. Oh, that's right. Um, so what we have here is basically a, a bunch of a, a pastiche of the Justice League. Uh, well, a pastiche of the entire DC universe. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, more what a point. With a little Captain America also. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's yeah. just like all tropes. I don't even know if yeah. it's yeah. one over the other. Yeah, superhero which we'll archetypes. Get, thank you. Yeah, which we'll get into later. I found that to be um, a bit of a hiccup for me. I guess the an elevator pitch is what happens at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths if all of the heroes disappeared and they wake up on a farm that they can't leave and that and they've been there for ten years. Uh, so that's sort of the elevator pitch of what this series is about. Let's just kick it off, Len. What did you think, Bud? Oh, um, yeah. Well, I've read the entire series. Uh, I love it. I love it 100%. I'm a sucker for books that are kind of like built on like the archetypes of, you know, different heroes or their pastiches of somebody else. And then they try and kind of like twist it a little bit. So I, I love that type of stuff. Um, this is, uh, it's a superhero story baked in this kind of like Twilight Zone setting, but it has very, still very deep and resonating um, family dynamics with one mm. another um, because of the different ages and a different kind of like, you know, quote unquote genres of, you know, fiction that all of these characters um, are kind of like were born from. Uh, it's the art is very it's not horror but it's almost kind of got like like this pulpy gothic type of vibe which actually kind of sunk me in and i didn't think that i would really resonate with but it but it worked for me the characters were cool i love um the I, oh i and i'm I, i'm a sucker I, I i'm not good with the names with the little girl gail gail Gail, who um, is actually stuck in a child's body, but she actually is so much older. It's kind of like the whole reverse Shazam or Captain Marvel um, vibe. I was just uh, really taken in by this book. And I also loved that the title, I read the whole first book, never really even dawning on me that the title is that, you know, the the name of a hero who you're not really introduced to until much later 
and he is the most powerful of all of them, and he was a black man. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, this joint is dope. You got me. And uh, I was I was there. I, I love Black Hammer. It's dope. It's the nice. shit. Brian. Uh, I'll tell you, I liked it. I didn't get as into it. I feel like I am maybe just like a little tired of the, hey, superheroes are fun and happy. But what if they weren't fun and happy? <laughs> what if, what if, uh, what if shit went real wrong for them? You know what I mean? And it's a well-told story, and I like it. Um, but I found myself kind of like, all right, yeah, it's another pastiche of the Justice League, but things go wrong. Like there was um, irredeemable Watchmen, you know, all of those. Uh, you know, all of those. And so it intrigued me. I liked the characters. A lot of it I felt was almost great. Like the art is almost great. It's good, but some of it was a little, you know, the the faces were a little, uh, I don't know, not as defined. Um, and I felt like there were some logical issues. Like, why do they need to keep a low profile? It's been 10 years. The townspeople can come. (laughs) Why have they not? Why haven't they taken the town, at least some townspeople into their confidence and been like, hey, can you tell me what's outside of the town? Yeah. How does Gail keep going to school? Right. Thank you. She's nine years old. She keeps going to fourth grade. (laughs) They have the, the magical lady, like magic, that woman. But if she can do that, why does she have to go to school at all? Like, she obviously doesn't want to go. She's 55 years old. Like, I don't know. Why have they not, why have they not uh, sorted these things out? Like, what's the explanation? Um, Captain Weird or Colonel Weird was cool. The robot was cool. Barbalian is very cool. Although it was a little jarring to see that this (laughs) completely different barbarian alien race also has a problem with male homosexuality which sucks. I would be, I would be willing, there was enough about it that I'd be willing to give it uh, the next, you know, the next trade, the conclusion of this first arc. I wasn't really grabbed. Abraham slam, you know, not that. Uh, I like a more powerful character. Well, black hammers, you know, around and uh, his daughter's around. So maybe that'll happen. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. That's how I felt. I'd check more out, but I was a little surprised that people loved it that much. You're dead inside. <laughs> because <laughs> because I don't like the cynical take as much on on these characters. See, but here's the thing. I didn't take this as cynical. Like to me when uh, I do hear you when some comic books are like, you know, kind of like, you know, like oh, what if we're all like sad and all that type of stuff. And Zach like Snyder. <laughs> okay, okay. But 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 to me but to me, this is different because the reason why, because this is still, it's answering a question. Like, what happens when you are on the other side of the reboot? You know what I mean? So I I was intrigued from that viewpoint. Like super Alan Moore Supreme style? Well, but, well, but Alan Moore Supreme, the Alan Moore Supreme wasn't like morose or anything. Alan Moore Supreme was just like was Superman, like jacked up on 
Golden no, Age Superman think- jacked up on steroids. That's what that was. No, I meant the other side of the reboot because that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was just getting ready to say that. I, I yeah. actually, um, to break in here, what Len has just said, I want, I want that to be this story where uh, basically the crisis on Infinite Earths happens. The younger heroes disappear. Or I'm sorry, the older heroes disappear, and they have to go to this farm, right? Um, and then in their universe, all of a sudden, there are younger heroes who are just like them, but they're like slightly different because they've been rebooted. And mm-hmm. so not only do they have to deal with the fact that they've been put out the pasture, but now there's younger versions of them running around, um, maybe even being slightly more violent or something like that. If you're making a commentary about, you know, the different uh, comic book eras, I think that would be great. Brian, the thing you were saying about the little girl, Gail, going right. to school, right. every, I'm like, how do they not know she's been in the fourth grade for 10 years? Right. Um, so yeah, I yeah. If they can just magic that away, just why are you sending her to school? Just right. make people not realize there's a little girl on the farm. I don't know her, her existence. I like her as a character, but I really felt like like I could not make sense of why they have to live like this. And yeah, it's just the writer Jeff Lemire wanted her to get in trouble at school. Like, oh, isn't this crazy? She smokes and says fuck at right. at, at grade school. Isn't that crazy? But right. like, there's no reason for her to be there. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, all that being said, Len, I did like there was something I liked about it. It's you know, um, I've seen, I guess, I've seen other pastiches that grabbed me more, but mm-hmm. um, like I like the art style, I like the homage style, and I mean, I'd check out. I'm curious to see what the next volume is like, and that could, I think, you said it gets going, right? It does. It yeah. does. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, maybe we'll check it out right. on another on another spot. No, what did what did you? Um, I I had a kind of couple of the same concerns as uh, uh, Brian and you. The the idea, like, I did have trouble getting over her being in school for ten years. Uh, if she was in school for ten years, maybe they just put her in that year because they found out that she was a minor or nine or something. But um. There was something about these first six, six issues that it was just like fine. It was a it was a lot of really great ideas that aren't taken anywhere yet. Um, but like Brian said, I was actually kind of into the idea, so I decided to keep reading. And the experience on the back half of these first thirteen issues is completely different than the first half. To me, that's a bit of a it's not a failure, but it's a bit of a. Um, uh, downside to the way Jeff Lemire constructs the story. Um, mm-hmm. If I were to ever give this to somebody, I would have them ingest it as the first 13 as opposed to the first six. Cause the mm-hmm. first six yeah. is literally just an introduction of a bunch of ideas and they go nowhere, which leaves space for all of that. It leaves air for all of the, uh, to get sucked out by all of the ideas that like, I'm really tired of this analogy. I'm really tired of this pastiche. I'm really tired of this. Like by the time we get to, I think like issue five, issue five or, or I think five where you're learning more about black hammer and his thing uh, and how he's kind of a mash between Thor and um, the new gods. So like mm-hmm. the different pantheons. And then when you go and meet like the light riders, yeah. by the time they started introducing those characters really quickly with their names and how they looked, I was, I was, I was over it. I was actually over the fact that like, yeah, I get it. That's Mr. Miracle, the escaper. Great. Uh, it's big Barda, but it's not like, I get it. Like that was actually starting to bug me. 
but then when they got back on the farm and you, you like the the conflicts of these characters I started getting into a little bit more. Like I really, really like Barbalians um, coming to terms with the sexuality and the priest. I really, really like, um, even though I don't understand why Gail is in school, just like you guys, mm -hmm. uh, I really, really like her just being an asshole. Um, the issue of uh, Dragonfly, Madam Dragonfly, Lady Dragonfly, mm -hmm. her, Madam. Madam, her EC Swamp Thing style mm -hmm. issue was a fucking game changer. That was like the best issue of the whole first six. Agreed. And um, as I as I decided to keep reading, it's issue seven, I think it is, where something happens on the farm that it feels like a game changer and you want to keep going. Mm. That ah. shouldn't happen in the second trade. I think if you want to especially hook people, um, there's something happens... Something happens between the main core characters, not just uh, not just a um, a flashback or a new mystery. It's like something aggressive mm. happens, and you're like, oh, "Okay, okay." Like I really wish this would have happened a lot sooner. So I was mm. hoped sooner, as opposed to just kind of going down memory lane with a writer. Right, right. See, I thought this was that. I thought this was the whole kind of first story. And I would, I felt like you did. Like I was just a little disappointed at the end. I was like, "Oh, that was it." Yeah, there's there's yeah. some stuff that's explored yeah. in the back half that makes the first half so much worth writing or worth reading. That mm. I'm shocked mm. it's separated that way or it's not seeded earlier. Um, he has a lot of patience. His audience has a lot of patience with him, and he has a lot of patience with his story. That's great. But when again, when you chunk it up into issues like this. And, th and in this sense, in this situation, the issues themselves feel like single issues. They feel like their own slices of story, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which that's is true. great. It's it's written for issues, and it should be yeah. because it's. I think everybody take a drink every time we say pastiche. Um, <laughs> you say I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, because because the way that it's written, it's supposed to feel like that, and it does. That's incredibly successful. But the spine of it is this ongoing story on the farm. And it's of all the aspects of this story, it's given the shortest shrift up until mm. like the very end of six and then on. So I, I, if I was going to give this to somebody, I'd say like, hey, read the first 12. Because mm. the first yeah. six don't really give you a, a good picture other than plot. Yeah. Okay. So what about yeah, you, um, Yeah, what about that, you? I'm, I'm, I... I, you know, Noel had said it took him a while um, and it started to get grading all of these pastiches, pastiche. Um, and I, all right off the bat, I was already like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I was already annoyed uh, because I, I can only take so much of that. And um, there's been so many books that are just that. What if, what if, what if the Justice League, this happened, but we can't use the actual Justice League. So this is. <laughs> the uberman instead of the superman it's like oh all right fine and i don't think there's enough differences here like there's certain uh versions of these things where enough has changed and enough is different from the actual character it's based on that it feels like its own character this almost feels for the mo most part literally just we couldn't use this character so we changed the name everything else is so specific to the the original character that it just it got a little frustrating uh, pretty quickly for me. Um, 
I would agree that my favorite issue is the one with, uh, but of course that's my jam, right? The uh, sort Our, of House of Mystery, Vertigo comics. Um, yeah. Uh, what is her name? Madam? Madam Butterfly. Dragon, no. Dragonfly. Dragonfly. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's my favorite issue. We find out the origin of her. Plus, look at this not Mike Mignola, Mignola page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good, yeah. It's, it's a good, nice page. Um, and that leads me to the artwork. Um, the fact that we are doing all of these, that we're doing all of these different eras within comic books and genres within comic books, but then none of the art changes to reflect that. Um, I, I thought was a misstep. Uh, I really like it when, if we're telling a story on the farm, we have the artist for the farm sequence. But then if we've got a Silver Age superhero story, maybe get someone else to draw that who is more uh, along those lines stylistically. Because there is some stuff in here. While there are some great pages um, by Dean Orms Ormston, right. there's also a bunch of like faces that take me out of the book. Um, I actually I took a picture and sent it to you guys in the group chat. For instance, mm. that face right there. Ah! Uh, to, to, um, uh, to be fair, they do do that in later issues. The flashbacks are handled. Do by they? Oh, yeah. But then but then there are things that keep me coming back. Would you see this big dude? It's cool. His mm -hmm. name is Cthulhu. His name is Cthulhu. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. This is charming. This is fun. So I, there is a lot of stuff in here that I really do like. Enough to keep me going. I'm definitely going to read the next issues. But um, there are a, a lot of hiccups here for me. And it's just sort of like I would have all these stop and starts of like, oh, this is great. Uh, that I don't like that. Oh, this is great. Uh, I don't really like that. Um, but I am curious as to why there are so many mini series to go along with this. This to me does not feel like a universe that is so big and large and necessary that we need the Dr. Star miniseries and the Sherlock mm. Frankenstein miniseries, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, now I guess there's a new one. The current one is called Skull Digger and something stuff. I, I forget what the yeah. name is, but I mean, Digger and something stuff. I mean, read this. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate this and I'm sorry. Cause I, I hate the argument of it gets really good in the second season. Hmm. Read the second trade. And all of those answers will be questioned or all of oh. those questions will be answered. The fact you know that what? why is this universe so big? The fact that why are they doing this? The fact that, oh, I wish the art was like this. Almost all of those things are are, are touched upon and or broadened in the second story. Right. That's I, true. I hear that. That's hey, true. Sometimes that's how it happens. You know, I mean, sometimes you lay the groundwork and then something is, there's a lot of shows out there that the second season, third season is what's but, awesome. You know, I don't appreciate yeah. that argument just as yeah. a consumer. Like, Hey, I hear you. Invest all this time to maybe have a better opinion of this. I think that's, what, that, I think gotta, that's, yeah. that's a waste. Something's got to um, grab you from the get go yeah. or whatever. It doesn't even have to be a shock. Paperback isn't so bad though. No, it's not. Yeah. And also too, it's, it's, I think that's how this, specific thing was constructed it really should be just well it's 12 issues that's a normal that's not asking a lot that's a normal story i'm, te I'm you telling know. you like yeah the turn really is in like the seventh issue really that <laughs> is potentially a pacing problem where they could have just kind yeah. of inserted that to the end of the first trade to kind yeah. of hook you and keep you Thank going you. it's it's a little weird he's, he's like a weird Len. ending too where it's like the daughter shows up and i'm like cool oh that's it <laughs> You know, like, I, I, I see your point ab ab about that, but to 
in a little bit of defense of Jeff Lemire, um, one, you know, he is trying to introduce a lot yeah. into, he's trying to bring you into this whole universe, right? Mm -hmm. And while this is a comic book that I think if you are a comic book reader, especially a superhero comic book reader, you can probably pick it up and kind of like figure, put the put two and two together and figure out what's happening. Okay. If you're not a comic book reader, or if you are, and, it's, and this is especially true of the comic book readers of maybe the last 10, 15 years, you may not necessarily be a hardcore superhero comic book reader. Yeah. So you may not be well versed in the whole concept of these heroes from different genres and yeah, yeah. multi alternate universes and all this type of stuff and big bangs that change the reboots and everything. So you he's got to introduce you into that whole concept of the superhero comic book hmm. as 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 a construct in itself and you know all of the you know um idiosyncrasies that go into that universe as it were that that all of these different companies have pretty much in insane so mm -hmm. that's a lot to pack into six issues i think that i feel you were no saying that it maybe it doesn't feel like a whole meal story wise but i think there's enough stuff in there that if you read it and you dig it, you're like, okay, I, th I think this is interesting enough. Let's go to the next trade. And then, boom, he hits you right off the, off the box. Mm. Ah, I got you. Mm. Now, let's go with issue number seven. You know, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with your, your viewpoint, um, Noel. And, yeah. and if someone said that, like you're saying that, I can't disagree. But I'm just arguing the other side of it. Yeah, there was more than enough to kind of like honestly. If I if I had ill will or bad thoughts, or if I had bad thoughts when I was thinking of this book, like if <laughs> if, I, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't have picked up the second trade. I, no. I wouldn't have just like kept digitally reading. I liked it, and there was enough as as a comic book as a superhero reader as well as just all comic books. So you you understand where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. I, there was enough goodwill to keep going, but yeah. because they jumped out of the box with that like seventh issue kind of turn. I was like, fuck, why didn't you do this an issue ago? Like, I would have taken yeah. mm. one less flashback mm. for, for upping the stakes that rapidly in the first mm. trade. It just, it actually makes me think of, it made me think of all the other Jeff Lemire series that I didn't stick on to because the way that they were paced, like Sweet Tooth, I never mm. finished because after that yeah. first trade, it was just like, I get it. This is your world. I you got to give me something other than um, mutants traveling the land. Um, Animal Man, I fell off of and I plan on getting back into um, mm. because of it was coming out at a different pace of Swamp Thing and they like they were just paced differently and it was much yeah. more like that's his style. Like he writes for uh, he's he's famous for his um, original graphic novels, mm. his full stories. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing issues. Yeah. which he's arguably so much better at now because he does exclusively a lot of these like issues that over orgns i just it needed to it needed to bring it in faster for me yeah. but there was still enough to keep going because i wanted to see what was going on i for me the strength was on the farm these yeah. aged or, or worn out heroes on the farm trying and what the mystery is mm -hmm. every time it delved into another flashback i was like cool 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 yeah i guess that's cool 
it didn't like if that was this whole thing, then I wouldn't have I wouldn't have appreciated it as much. I found the feel of it to be like you're saying, like it, it grabbed you and it cooked you in. Like that for me would be what got me to read the second. Like he's a good atmospheric writer, Jeff Lemire. Like he sets up a cool feeling in his books, you know. I, I enjoyed the flashbacks as well. I like the stuff on the farm, but the flashbacks were were fun too. I just wish there was all right. He does something a couple of times to turn the pastiche on its head. Oh yeah. Pastiche. My bad. Um oh, damn it. so uh you know, I, I really I really like the um the way we deal with Gale. And so some of the weird things it sets up, like I like that she's sort of a um, a reverse Shazam where mm. she's now a 55 year old woman. And when she says the magic word, she doesn't turn into a super powered like adult. She turns into a super powered kid. Yeah. Um, which I also like the interesting, um, you know, she delves into that a little further, which is at one point I kind of hated it. But now that I'm older and my bones hurt, I like turning back into a, a ten-year-old yeah. girl because I feel like you know the the vigor of life and I feel rejuvenated and all this stuff and it kind of sucks to turn myself back into regular Gale because my arthritis sucks, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I think that's really interesting. And then, um, what was the other one? There was another character that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, oh, well, go back to Gale though. Man, being a fifty-five-year-old woman in love with uh, mm. a grown man. Yeah, And then the awkwardness of that, of like, you know, um, Barbalian is trying to tell her about Ooh. how he's, you know, he's coming to terms with his sexuality and he's, he sort of has a crush on this um, priest and all this other stuff. And he's talking around kind yeah. of what, you know, the person he's actually referring to. And she misinterprets that as, you know, oh, you're in love with me. And to be like, well, no, you're a child. But bitch, I'm not. I'm 55. Right. Yeah. But you're you're in the body of a child, um, so I just it's it brings up interesting conversations with regard to that particular character. I think that's really interesting. Although if they were just open about it, like they have superpowers, they can prove that there's weird stuff going on. If they were just open about it, I mean, they could just be like, "Yeah, I look this way, but I'm 55." <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I mean, I five year old. When we're talking about so, when you start a lie. And then live a lie and continue yeah. as such. Telling yeah. the simple telling the truth because I have powers is is not necessarily a very good argument to make. Also, yeah. too, we're talking about fifty plus years of learned behavior, and now yeah. they're in a prison. So it's like I get that part. It's the it's the logistical things that I do have nitpicks with. Like, why is this nine year old in school for ten years? Or how does Abraham yeah, like Slam. that's a thing when Abraham Slam. He has his Captain America, but no, no serum moment. He was. I also, thought of that too. He was also nearsighted. <laughs> what happened there? Yeah. Is he wearing yeah. contacts? Like he's not. You I know. Mean, what I mean? Yeah, I, I remember thinking that too. Here's the list of reasons that none of the armed forces will take you. Right. Um, and uh, so along comes this guy who's like, "Let's work out," and all of a sudden he's a superhero because and they was, worked it out. It was months later, not like. 10 years later. So uh, the the stuff with Gail, I will say that also like the trials and tribulations of her love life Mm. uh, continue into the second volume that are are much more interesting and add context to her huge freak out, which is, which was a much better interesting story. Again, read the whole first volume. 
no, you're going to pick this up, read the whole first volume. It is very interesting. The complexities of it are interesting, JD. I was just raising sort of a philosophical point. Like, that was a heartbreaking scene. I understand why they can't. There's a lot of learned behavior and all that stuff. Oh, no, I'm talking about them not telling the town. Them not... Yeah, it's, it's easier. That's what I was referring to. I Not guess maybe easy. they wouldn't have just told them right away because they were still used to holding. Mm. That was my yeah. thing. I was like, well, you showed up in this strange town. Why didn't you? Oh, well, I mean, I also get that yeah, because you yeah. just showed up. You don't know how long you're going to yeah. be there. But after point. the 10-year mark, I go, all right, guys, it's time to let the town in on your secret. Right, right. There's all, you know, there's all these sort of silly back and forth of like, I don't want my girlfriend to come visit my family because they're weird. And it's like, right. uh, like the robot guy can never go out in the town. That's a robot. Yeah, can, like, yes, was, just be like, Hey guys, we're the super team that disappeared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It gets, keep it, reading. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. say, keep reading. Yeah. I really thought when I got finished with this, I was like, did we accidentally read the wrong? Cause it's called secret origins. And that is traditionally a thing that you call something after, you know, like, not necessarily the first right. volume. I thought, oh, like did volume five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, read this, you know, one of the side stories that's their origins. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite bits um, Randall Weird. What's his name? Dr. Weird or? Randall Weird. Oh, it's a great issue. Yeah, that was the Odyssey of Randall Weird, where um, he tries to have his uh, girlfriend or wife come through into the Parazone. Mm-hmm. Man, the art on that, brutal. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough. That is my jam, as the horror stuff is yours, JD, and I really, yeah. I really like that. Uh, the Colonel yeah. Weird with you. Uh, well, that, was, that was really good. Brian, do you know who he is a pastiche of? Yeah, I was gonna say Adam Strange. I would assume, or just a general fifties adventurer character. I think it's, Adam but Adam I feel Strange. like the Robot Companion. There's a specific one, is there? I believe he is a pastiche of Captain Comet. Very similar. Oh. I could see that. Huh. I don't but know much about Captain Comet. Anyway. I mean, he doesn't have any powers or anything, right? As his Right. Exactly. He's just an adventurer. Captain Comet did have powers though. Did he? I thought he just had I thought he just had his stupid gun and a dumb looking ship. He's, yeah. Wait, that was, I, aren't we talking about the guy who's got the real long hair and he lives in a cave and he's got a, a big, uh, a big like bat that he hits people with? No, no, that's Captain Caveman. Sorry, he's <laughs> really hairy. He's got no face. It's just got a nose under like a yeah, feet yeah, of hair. that's him. Yeah, yeah, that's him. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. first um, of all, no, not Captain at all. Caveman, Captain not Caveman is ripe for a Mark Russell miniseries. Agreed. So, Hanna Barbera, let's get on this. DC's got the rights. Yeah. Uh, no, Captain Comet had been exposed to like a meteor or something, and he was evolved to like what humans would become. Okay, if- but I didn't think it, he had powers. I thought he oh, like that was explained why he was like like. A oh no, he was like telepathic and. Um, oh okay. Uh, in the later reboot, he could teleport, but that got, took place with some other power that I don't remember. He had some powers. Um, I thought the the romantic longing of the robot for Colonel Weird was an interesting. Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, yeah. Very. Also, yeah. I didn't realize that that she was a she yeah. until like the like last the issue, fourth issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a robot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's cool design on her too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really really cool design. I liked uh, it. Um, 
you know, I hate to, I feel like I've been, we, we've sort of been ragging on it and it, it, uh, it makes it sound like I didn't enjoy it as much as I did. I just had, was like of two well, minds about it. You know what I mean? If, if I yeah. only had the first six issues and was yeah. not discussing it with you guys, I probably would have stopped. And then with, with the intent of like, I'll read it, I'll, I'll read the rest later yeah, and, yeah. and never doing it. Yeah, but yeah. it was, it's the combination of so many people that I, I, uh, I love and admire are super fans. Hmm. And the hype on this book is disgusting. And there's, 40, there's 45 billion side stories. Uh, well, 45 series. million. Let's not be crazy. There's 45 million issues. <laughs> it's really only six miniseries. Yeah. 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 And I only stuck with the, the main book. I actually was thinking of flirting with getting like Sherlock Frankenstein. The, there's another one called The Atomic Age, which I think was kind of like their knockoff of the Legion, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about getting the... But, when I looked at both of them, I might ultimately get Sherlock Fr Frankenstein, but I, when I looked at all of them, the art just wasn't, for some reason, it just didn't draw me in. And I said, you know what? I don't think I need it. I think, yeah. I, I, think, I'm, I think the only one I'll probably get, and this is just a DC um, guy in me, I'll ultimately get JLA um, Black mm -hmm. Hammer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But after that, but I finished the entire series i got all six trades and and i loved the way it ended so it was pretty cool yeah right. that's what i was getting ready to say was the only one i'm really interested in so far is the justice league uh black hammer crossover. doesn't that take place um like in in the between so there's i did i looked on on wikipedia i think it's like, in between a couple the phases so like right. there's there's phases of black hammer so like the first 12 or 13 issues is like phase one and then phase two is like that Age of Doom series, which is the yeah. rest of this story. Right. And that's JLA, where it takes place. Yeah, in the middle. Like in between right. the oh, two. Okay, neat. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, good. Then after I read the first 12 of this, I can read the JLA and then come back for Age of Doom parts I think one so. and two. I think yeah. so. Well, yeah. I, I read all six and now I'm going to read JLA Black Hammer. So that's, I don't think that's how to... they were. That's how they were published. So. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to mess anything up. I also really like Barbalian and sort of the things that it, it brings Ooh. up. Cause I, my, my thought, my naive thought was he's a shapeshifter. Why, why is there a, why is there homophobia? Right. Um, but then, you know, thinking about it for even a fraction of a second longer, I went, Oh, well, I mean, gender is a construct and it doesn't really, doesn't really mean anything. And just because he can turn into a woman doesn't mean he wants to turn into a woman. He just wants to be a guy. With another guy. That's that's his. That's what his sexuality is. I'm a dude with a penis. I want to be with another dude with a penis. So like, originally yeah. I was like, well, why why don't you just change shape? Because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, his identity uh, is not his sexuality, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, yeah. But my my go to was the dumb <laughs> thing, and then I thought like just a little bit harder, and I went, ah, you're an idiot. Um, I took a half. I took a half a step more, and I was like, yeah, oh, exactly. Of course, yeah. And then you know, you there's also. Sorry. There's also, you know, the, the element that my belief is that uh, no matter what happens in the world and whatever sort of things we align ourselves with, there will always be the need within people to find the other. So mm -hmm. even if we are all shapeshifters, there's always going to be the one thing where we decide, well, that's the bad version. That's the bad thing. Um, I hope not. There's just, I think it's just intrinsic in society to other something, you know, to, to make another of whatever, whatever it happens to be. Um, so. 
hopefully I just thought it was an interesting look at that at that character. It, like hopefully that's not true in a negative way. Like maybe othering is one way in which we understand reality, but to other, but also appreciate. I hope, I hope the bad thing is not intrinsic to sentient life. You know. Yeah. Uh, where I thought you were going was like a shape shifting species. Mm-hmm. How could they be so foolish as to care? That's what I'm. That's what I meant. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Ugh. Yeah, because and that, but that led me to go well. Doesn't matter what your species is or what its capabilities are. Mm-hmm. There will be the need to find someone who does something specific that they go, oh, no, well, that's bad. That's the bad version of what we do. Well, I hope not. I mean, this is also being written here and now in a time where we are where we are uh, in mm-hmm. our own beliefs as they are right now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we are becoming. I mean, there was a time when we didn't. We didn't think the people in the next town over were even people. They thought literally right. that they were monsters. And now we recognize largely the humanity of all the people in the world. That's a big step. Do <laughs> we know? I said largely. Some of us. You know, but uh, I mean, that's it's progress. I mean, yeah. I mean you, could, you can make an argument that I'm, we're all still stuck in our fucking houses because people don't understand the humanity of other people. Exactly. Uh, point. Hmm. So there's always going to be shit, no matter what. Like, like I think I, I kind of yeah. agree with JD. Like, yeah. Well, see, that's the Silver wrong. Age that Brian Brian loves, right? No, it's the future. It's as we solve all of our problems. The future as a via the Silver Age and how it's articulated there. Uh, it's only yeah. a dream at this point. You know what I mean? The Silver Age is just. Uh, we'll you know, break you. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I am scared of the day Brian tells y'all all to just F off. I am scared of when that day happens. Because it's gonna be like it's gonna be like your father's father just just ramming down <laughs> hell and fucking brimstone on your ass. <laughs> Why are we fighting? I didn't think we were fighting. No, no, no. no. But y'all yeah, definitely yeah. needling. Y'all definitely- No, 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 not at all. I I'm I I I love that. So in my version of Brian that lives in my headspace is someone who appreciates the silver age and the hope that the silver age comic books represents. And he wants that moving forward into the future. Whereas I am more of a eighties super superhero guy where I'm like, I like my heroes with a little bit of blood with a little bit of like, Oh, you know, when they wake up in the morning, they got to take some pills because they're covered Mm. in scars. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I like a little bit more reality reality to my comic books, whereas I think Brian really appreciates the Silver Age. I wasn't needling at all. I I I love it. Oh yeah, no, I didn't take it as a needle. Just opposing viewpoints of what can be or will be. Uh, you know, I see it not just as a hope, but just as our progression. We're humans. We solve problems. These are problems. Hopefully, one day we will solve them. I agree with both of you, but I think that we're currently yeah. in in a series in a, in a in a time of retrograde where Maybe shit's not, not progressing. Which you know? uh, I I when the the grand scheme of uh, human civilization, it'll be a blip. But mm-hmm. right now, everyone's an asshole. You know what? I was just and popular fiction is mimicking and or pushing against that. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I was just thinking about it. Do you guys, do you ever have one of those puzzles that's a bunch of little squares and when you put it together right, it makes a picture. 
But when all the squares are out, you know, it's all jumbled. That's the puzzle. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, one of those little slidey block puzzles. Yeah, right. when I, mean, I was a kid. Right. I mean, a puzzle? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you get almost to the picture, but you got like a few out of place. And you really end up having to unscramble it almost the whole way before you succeed, you know, before yeah. you get to the picture. Huh? So maybe that's kind of like how it that's is. That's where we're at as a society? Maybe, you know, I mean, yeah. to mix a metaphor, it's maybe not in a linear up curve, but a jagged up line, you know what I mean? Right, right. And so maybe sometimes I was looking back and it's like, well, things seemed like we had a lot more figured out, but maybe we just have to unscramble and then yeah. get to, you know, because a few, a few things were out of place. People were still not yeah. served, you know? Yeah. Obviously. Nice. I love that. Thank you. That's great. Uh, is there any, any last thoughts on Black Hammer before we move on to uh, the only new release of the week? If at all you're interested, keep reading. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm gone. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it does I'll reward. In your enjoyment. I, I would totally be open to reading more. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Friday number one. I have it up on my digital reader here because it's a digital comic from panelsyndicate.com, which is a website where you can go and pay what you want to pay for issues. Um, so they have put out, was, was it Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin did a book called Barrier. Uh, mm -hmm. They did a book called Private Eye, which you can buy in like a nice big hardcover right now. But the only other way to get that in issues or whatever is to get it through panelsyndicate.com. So this week they put out a new one called Friday by Ed Brubaker, Marcos Martin, and Munza Vicente. And I love it. I love it so much. Oh, I see. Yeah, Noel's got oh, Private yeah. Eye, the nice big hardcover. Very it's cool. a $50 hardcover, and it's got beautiful Marcos Martin art. And basically the plot of that one is, you know how everything, all of our information is very readily available right now? Uh, everything's right. up in the cloud. Well, mm -hmm. basically in this world, the cloud bursts. Everyone's Im important private information is free for all. Everyone can have it. So there is a huge withdrawal of society. So not only is your information private, but even going outside, everyone wears a digital mask so you can't even see their actual face. And within that world, there is a, an old timey sort of private eye detective story. Yeah, like the explosion of the, the explosion of technology has or it's had required all of us to hide ourselves because everyone knows everything. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Have you seen there are those masks and t-shirts that you know you can wear that scramble you digitally? They're extremely noticeable to another human, but they are, I don't know if you guys have seen that. No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I just actually saw an article that was like, so shirts that can hide you from cameras exist, but would anybody wear them? Because they right. look like kind of computer malfunction graphic kind of things. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I'd like to see it. It sounds like it might be cool. Yeah. All right. I'll see if I can find it. I'll uh, try to send it to yeah. you. Um, so anyway, uh, so what I like about this is I used to read a series of books called Encyclopedia Brown. Yes. Yeah. And they were just tiny short stories meant to, I think, get kids to think um, in a different kind of way. 
and uh, they're just tiny little mysteries. And the answer is generally within the text there. So as you're reading as a kid, you you may or may not be able to cipher out what is the answer to this mystery. Mm-hmm. For instance, the one the one that has always stuck with me is I remember um, someone comes to Encyclopedia Brown and they say this kid has a sword, right? Um, and he claims it's from World War One, and he, you know, um, it's um, like it's authentic, right? And I think he's trying to like sell it for a certain amount of money. And so they ask Encyclopedia Brown to come take a look at the sword and figure out if it's actually um, the, an original from the First World War. And you know, it's a, the whole story goes on, and then he gets at the end, and he and he decides that it's not real, and he and he tells you why it's not real, and it says because on the inscription it says something about the First World War, and he's like, but they wouldn't have said anything about the First World War unless they knew there was a Second World War. <laughs> so it's like a I was hoping for the, like that. I was hoping for the version where he carbon dates it, sends back, sends the results to a lab, right. uh, waits yeah, for yeah, two exactly. to three weeks, comes back, and he's able to age it. And then after he does that and he realizes that the guy was lying, he murders him with the sword. <laughs> with the sword. Just for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so be. anyway, I used to love Encyclopedia Brown and like, uh, I guess there was some Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, this is basically what happens to those characters afterwards. So, um, and he even mentions it in the afterword here, Ed Brubaker, where... Um, He's calling it post YA to which his friend says, that's just a, (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny. He's like, but you know what I mean? Uh, So basically, yeah, we have this sort of encyclopedia Brown detective kid who's got a female sidekick. And then I think the night before she leaves to go to college, something happens and now she's back for um, Christmas break and everything's kind of awkward. Um, But encyclopedia Brown, this character, what is his actual name? Lancelot. Yeah. Lancelot. Something. Lancelot Jones. Right. And then our main character, the female protagonist, is Friday Fitzhugh. His girl mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fitzhugh? I did not I did not catch that. Part. What his girl Friday? Or yeah. no, the Fitzhugh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that was intentional, but the way you just pronounced it, JD, Fitzhugh. Yeah. Was I didn't I no, I didn't register that at all. Okay. Yeah, th- there's a lot of That's things. Amazing. There's a lot of very, very obvious things that Brubaker does here, and they're, I actually think that they're fantastic. Oh, like, I, I love this issue. Yeah, this is, this is great. Have you, have you guys read Criminal? No. Like, yes. Yeah. yes. There's a couple of arcs of Criminal where he plays with uh, the after of. So, like, there's a, there's a specific arc about, um, what is it, Archie characters? Or, or is it Charlie Brown characters? Uh, there's a cartoonist who has this comic strip about these characters, but those characters are actually um, representations of people in his actual life. So you've got like this juxtaposed of what's happening in the comic book versus what's actually like the, the fucked up stuff in their childhood that did happen, and they're dealing with it throughout the whole the, the whole arc. So okay. he's played with themes like this before, which are really really cool. Like I'm gonna take stuff that I used to like as a kid. And I'm going to s- explore the harsh realities of what actually might happen after that. Or like, I just, I thought it was really, really cool. Isn't that what Brian yeah, doesn't is- like about comic books when they try to do the dark, <laughs> darker versions? Well, the- actually I would, I was just getting ready to say this aligns perfectly with black hammer because <laughs> yeah. we have another book that is using a pastiche. I'm out of coffee. I'm, I'm like, I'm out of, 
for this. That's other okay. Lens, Len's been sipping on an empty cup for the past hour. I um, think nobody knows. <laughs> oh, I noticed it the first time. I was like, there's nothing in there. Uh, but basically, uh, we've got a, a writer using this sort of character um, and then, but making it what happens after this event. So these actually align perfectly, I think. Right, and this yeah. is not the first. The first time I've read a book like this, um, I have a book on my shelf, which I think is very similar called Meddling Kids, which mm. I think is a look at sort of like a Scooby-Doo gang. And then there was a book I read several years ago, very dark, very morose novel about exact same kind of thing where we have almost exactly the um, Encyclopedia Brown character, mm. but he grows up and he becomes mentally unstable because all he sees are mysteries now. And he's oh, very okay. paranoid and everything. And so he grows up and he has to, he, he lives in a, in a home um, and all this other stuff, but he also has to figure out this mystery. Um, so I, I just, I'm a sucker for this type of thing. I, I like these. Oh yeah. I'm a sucker for the, I enjoyed this a lot. Um, it's funny. I grew up just like you reading all the encyclopedia Brown books and you know, some uh, Nancy Drew and, and Hardy boys. So I immediately, you know, resonated with the world that he was bringing us back to. Um, but I, I also too thought it was cool. This Lancelot Jones um, character that I immediately could see, Oh, this is the guy that is scared to leave home because, mm. you know, outside of home, he's not the hero. He mm. doesn't have, you know, the cops on speed dial, you know, coming to check him, you know, she went away to college. She's growing up. She's, a, you know, developing. He is just stuck in this spot. And I, I could see like, you know, in, at least as far as I'm reading it, yeah. that's where the story is going. Um, I don't think that this would have resonated with me so as much as it did if it wasn't a comic book and pasted out and drawn and illustrated and colored as beautifully as it is, the packaging of this is breathtaking. Just immediately seeped me into like when it opens up, you're in like they're looking through the woods with the with the uh, flashlights, and you are there, man. Look, look. I mean, you are you're yep. there in this in in this field and snow and the trees have eyes and eyes. Just beautiful, just beautiful, breathtaking artwork just, just sunk me into this world. Yeah. I love the character designs were so spot on, so specific. And yeah. just like little character beats, there was a beat where Friday is like lighting a cigarette and I could literally see like a, a human being lighting a cigarette the way that she does. It's just, just spot on. I, it, it's beautiful. Which aspect mm -hmm. ratio did you guys choose to read it in? I did the... Uh, single page? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I did the, uh, the the fold out the the widescreen. Oh, okay, I gave it a shot, but it's just as has always been the case digitally, just a little too small for comfortable reading for any reader that I've ever had. Um, uh, I, I I loved reading it landscape. I don't know. I I because the way that these panel syndicate books are designed, they actually um, design they design them to be mm. uh, widescreen. Wide this one's got more single pages than the other ones have. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. always like so. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna read it like this. Um, I would. I, I definitely would. If I had one, it was just like one inch bigger. I would um, totally do that. To your point, Len, I actually I really like the idea that it, I don't know if he's just afraid of not being hot shit anymore. 
I read him as very socially awkward, potentially mm-hmm. on the spectrum. Yeah, of yeah. Not like only having two to three people in this entire world that he has emotionally connected to. Mm. Friday being one of them. Friday's growing up, and he can't go. He just yep. can't. that's the way like, I read it too. And that is just like that's some real underlining stakes and drama that isn't even approached in the story, and I, I really really like it. This was awesome. See, I didn't read him. I, I, I can, I see your read as reading him on the spectrum. Maybe I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, because I would. There's a part of me that would hate for that to be it. I mean, yes, I can see that read, but I think if ultimately if that's what it plays out, then to me, depending on what happens between what happened between them, it almost like. I see it like almost giving him a, a little bit of an out, like an out for being like a little bit of a dick towards well, her. Yeah, he's, he is. he's emotionally unavailable and I don't necessarily think it's a choice. I think he is emotionally unavailable as a human being. Like mm. he doesn't say hello. He just immediately jumps back into their dynamic. He doesn't uh, say please or th- like he works in his own kind of uh, um, head. Yeah. In, in a lot of the ways that, that, and I'm not saying like, it's a spectrum because there's many facets of it. It's just, there's definitely some social cues that he doesn't understand as a human being. However, his brain functions on a completely different and higher level when it comes to putting together mysteries or, or, or things. So yeah, I did read that as maybe he's on the spectrum. The the classic detective, I'm sorry, the, the classic detective thing where you can, put together a puzzle in your mind, but you can't necessarily pay attention to uh, the small thing in front of you. That's more important. Like, oh, it's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah. Sherlock. Yeah. Sorry. Gee. Oh, nothing. Brian, what'd you think? Um, I liked it. I liked it. So it's not that I don't like stories that examine that, like, Oh, what if we turn the genre on its head? What, what my issue was, was that I just feel like, I had seen a lot of them and it, you know, uh, I was like, eh, <laughs> you know, I've seen it before. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, but this, I really enjoyed, you know, like the art was really cool. I did find myself thinking that partway through, like, eh, another thing that, Hey, it was, it was, you know, this, but what happens after when they have problems? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was like, part of my thought process while I was reading it. Um, You know, because the reason that Lancelot Jones acts like that is because stories are like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Encyclopedia Brown jumps right into the thing because that's the story you're reading. So when you then go back and you're like, Oh, how come it's like this? You can, you can concoct this reason. He doesn't act like a normal human being because stories don't proceed in that way. You know what Ah. I mean? Um, that's why, you know, like, nobody says goodbye on the telephone in a sitcom. People just me nuts. Others so about, or close <laughs> the know? fucking door behind you. Like, right. you just walk in and, and continue the scene. Right. You could do a story about, like, how come everybody is so invasive? They just walk into each other's apartments in a sitcom, yeah. you know. Um, that being said, still a really interesting examination. And when I say in a normal way, I mean, you know, the way that we are expect uh, a majority of people to act the way of acting on a spectrum is also if less usual perfectly valid yeah. uh, and uh 
you know, so, um, yeah, you know, but I thought it was interesting. I'm intrigued. It is, uh, you know, this, you got their, their like classic villain. That was kind of interesting. Like, Hey, this guy is, uh, Mm. must've been the one that they fought all the time or, you know, 65% of their adventures kind of thing. Um, her, her snowball with a rock in it. I mean, you could just throw a rock. Thank you. Yeah, I was wondering that too. One of my, my notes was, uh, first of all, that's a murder weapon. <laughs> I'm going to launch the biggest rock I can find at your head, but it's okay because I, I padded it with some snow. Exactly. So- I mean, I mean, the kids, like in those books, there was a lot of like wanton <laughs> destruction and pain. Yeah. <laughs> like hitting the head right. with shovels and stuff like it yes it, it, the fact that it's like harsh is kind of fun it's part of the joke the fact that they do it now and it's <laughs> it's murder uh it's it's straight up yeah. assault and not just throwing snowballs with <laughs> with a battery in it like it's assault <laughs> oh don't worry guys i'll stop this thief oh i oh he's dead i'm so sorry oh god <laughs> Oh geez! When you think about if, in reality, people did the things that, for whatever expedience or grandness's sake, they do in stories, that shit would not fly. <laughs> you know, in a lot of different ways. Not even a little bit. No. Right. What yeah. yeah. are my, my other notes? I'm sorry. One of my other notes was because it's a digital book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get you get your cover here Friday, which is a lovely cover. A lot of lot of negative space. Expertly, expertly used. And then you go to the next one and I go, oh no, so what's wrong with my reader? Oh, it's all black. And then I go, boop. And then snow appears. I yeah. love that. That was cool. So, but then after that, it goes to a regular page and then everything after that is regular pages. So I was kind of excited because back when we started seeing digital only comics from Marvel, part of it was almost like animation. Yeah. So the way it would go from Mm -hmm. black to snow, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, as you cycled through and tapped to the next page, it would be the same exact static image of two people having a conversation. But what would happen is word bubbles would be added. And I really kind of liked that use of the medium. Like if you're doing digital comics, make it a reason to have a digital experience, not just we have created physical pages and you're going to read them digitally. Um, mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed that we didn't get any of that sort of pseudo animation from a digital comic like this, because eventually they are probably going to, you know, release it as a hardcover of some sort for people to buy at local comic shops, uh, like like the one at 4327 Main Street. Um, so that that was just kind of a tiny little thing where I was like, oh, they could have done some interesting, cool digital stuff here and they didn't. What's what's funny uh, that you mentioned that that was the, the early days of, of digital reader or digital comics. Um I hated that. And yeah, it, it reinforced me wanting to read it in print. Otherwise, like I, oh. I, I didn't have the patience for them, like spoon feeding me little pieces. I was just like, get the fuck it. Just give me the whole page. Like I would literally <laughs> click to the whole page so I could read it like normal. And the, the instance that you mentioned, it's, it's not in the other aspect ratio. You just get the full one page turn oh. of there's snow there. That is literally just a function of the way that you guys decided to read it, not necessarily a choice of the artist. I think it's a cool thing. Well, not even matter. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a cool thing when you can do it like this in a way that could totally work in print. It's the animation is you moving the screen. You know, I I think it's a real cool trick. There was an X-Men comic that we read a while ago that 
I don't think intentionally at all, but did a similar, it was like exactly the same page, but time passed uh, when Storm went in with the other, some other people went into that um, hyper. Yeah, it was giant size X-Men, uh, Jean Grey and Emma Frost. No, before that, um, the thing. Oh, X-Men, it's like X-Men number six where they went into the world. Yes, when they went into that world, there was there were two pages that like as you clicked through, just like one or two things changed, or like the color scheme changed. Mm-hmm. It's it's just an interesting use of the of the digital medium that isn't the same as popping in panels just to do it, but just yeah. the the effect of changing one page to the next is interesting to explore. Also, it was uh, it took me a minute to realize what time period we were in here mm. and it literally because fashion is such an interesting thing that sometimes i look around and i'm like oh okay this is the 70s oh wait nope this is modern day it's just happened to have some of the fashion of the 70s because that's how fashion <laughs> works these days right but it wasn't until literally this panel where she's walking past a tv store and i was like oh okay we're in the 70s or uh, the late 70s yeah. early 80s oh interesting yeah, because a lot of those a lot of those stories are are like based in the in the fifties and the sixties of the the mm-hmm. kid detective in what? the treehouse. There's no techno like they are like Hardy brother Hardy boys and stuff. That's that's very fifties yeah. sixties. So yeah. they well, they age them appropriate. Her going to a college dorm at age like eighteen, mm. you know, shared landline, and you know mm. taking the train back home for a weekend kind of thing. Yeah, was Encyclopedia Brown set in the fifties? Do you guys remember? I don't know. I, don't I know. had the impression it was modern times when I was reading it, but that doesn't really mean that much. I mean, are you are, is nostalgia painting the television show that was on too when we were kids? Is that also painting your recollection of the the basis of it? Encyclopedia Brown was a TV show. show. Yeah. Oh, well, like very early eighties. Right? Yeah, 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 like in the early mid eighties. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely what? remember that. Was it live action? Yeah, no, it was cartoon, right? Oh, no, it was live action. Live action. Oh, I had no idea. No, yeah. nobody oh. else did either. Yeah. You did. Oh, so <laughs> a quick a quick note this to panel. go back or to earlier. You did. Um the a quick ahead, note Jay to go Jay. back to er- a quick note go ahead, to Jay go Jay. back to earlier. Wait, are you talking? Yes. Do you guys like the book? AD was talking. <laughs> I liked it to answer your question. Cool. What was that? Thank you note? so much for joining us on this episode. Of Spoiler <laughs> the quick note. No, the quick note. I've been your I've been your host, Johnny Destructo. The book I was talking about earlier was The Boy Detective Fails. Oh. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Neither have I. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Does he Where fail? do you go when you die? A deep melancholy permeates the pages of The Boy Detective Fails, a magical little book that asks questions about growing up and growing old, the death of innocence and imagination, loss and grief via the story of an adult boy detective. Wait, didn't 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 Brubaker also do something like the dead boy detectives or the, the dead? Not Brubaker. The- they were characters in Sandman. I have that. I've never read it. It wasn't. I don't Who was the writer of that? Oh, okay. Red Boy Detectives, Volume One, Schoolboy Terrors by Toby Litt. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Don't recognize the name. Yeah. yeah. JD, uh, Sandman on that list of books, and then eventually Lucifer, that you were listing earlier of things to read to recommend. Oh yeah, eventually. Ah uh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> what? What? Yeah, I mean, you sound creepy you just, right there. Did you just finish? What's it wasn't odd. It was an odd sort of uh, intonation, wasn't it? But I'm super oh, into reading those books. Sam, can you, can you call me when you read them and just breathe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, any final any final thoughts on Friday? This is great. I love this. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I'm yeah. It's a, it's Let a me ask you guys. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me ask you guys. Uh, reminded me of there's a skit on YouTube by the guy who does those um, pitch meetings, mm. where it was like every podcast host ever, and it was literally just three whole minutes of the host talking to a guest and being like. Let me ask you. Let me ask you one thing. Let me just ask you a question. Listen, here's a question. I just want to ask you this one question. Listen to this question. I'm going to ask it to you. Let me ask you this thing. Um, it was pretty funny. Anyway, let me ask you this. Um, I forgot my question. <laughs> oh, here we go. I got it. Um, the panel syndicate way of producing comic books. How do you like that? Um, do you is that is that something you're going to go back onto panel syndicate and maybe buy some more of their their digital books? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. You know what I found myself wondering is um, what is an appropriate price? So you could you could say two ninety nine. That's the normal price. You could. Or I could also say um, you're cutting out a lot of. Uh, you know, if you're if you're somebody who's concerned about it but doesn't have a lot of money, like what's what's fair? Um, there's a lot of expense that's cut out also. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's no shipping, there's no printing, none of that yeah. stuff. So, you know, wh what are your guys thoughts? Uh, what's, what's, what's the value to you? 50? What's that? What's the value to you? So I never I didn't for a second hmm. consider the cost of the printing process hmm. so much as the value of me, like the value to me, what I would pay to read this because I want to read it. The hmm. fact that more or less would go to the artist is just a plus. It's just all about value to me. So I paid three dollars for my issue. It's absolutely a plus. Yeah. It's absolutely a plus. I'm I'm thinking yeah. if, if you are in a position where you're you're cutting corners, which a lot of people are these yeah. days specifically. Um, just like a way to judge, you know, if you want to give fairly, not undergive, and still feel, you know what I mean? Like it's what not would it's yeah. not entirely answerable, though. It depends on no, how, no. how you tip, uh, how you sure. like it's it's always value to you. If you're tight, but you want new comics, pay a dollar. But, you know, if you yeah. just do a quarter or five cents because you're able to, you're doing it despite the fact that they're allowing you to do it that way. Do you know what I mean? Like it I, I feel sure. like it's two different yeah. conversations. Can I only do yeah, this I because think I can't afford it or what's it worth? Like I. Eh. Well, I, and I, but I mean, I think an estimation of like, it's not about what it's worth because, you know, in a perfect world, everybody would get all the money they ever wanted. I'd love to give them a hundred dollars an issue. You know what I mean? Um, so I see where you're coming from, the value to you, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it's being, uh, a, I think it's still valuable to say like, all right, well, like what's a reasonable price? Like if you want to, like, you know, you don't want to short them. And you want to do right, right by them, but you can't, you know what I mean? And I mean, I was kind of thinking like a dollar, dollar fifty, because it's a whole new thing. Also, like it's an infinite resource, which is awesome that once it exists, it exists, you know, so it doesn't cost them anything for you to download it or maybe service based or whatever. I, 
Yeah. I wouldn't feel right paying under $2 per issue. Okay. I also think that you're overthinking it. Hmm. Very Perfect. much so. I, and also to like to, to me, like if I decide to buy the second issue, I might just wait till this is collected because I do prefer the physical medium. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to buy the next issue, I would probably pay one fifty to two dollars. Like okay. the the initial buy in being three or more, and then however many subsequent issues it is, because it would be that would be the cost of a collection would be fifteen to twenty. So like it would just all kind of even out. But yeah, I, yeah. I really do like I. Sometimes when when artists will do this, uh, pay what you want, they'll give you a suggested amount. Like, mm. at least this would be great. That's awesome. And it's usually very low, too. So I, I don't know. Like, it was if I was walking into the store and I saw that this was on the rack and what I assumed, like, how much I would pay to, like, want to read that now, it's just what I went with, which was three bucks. That if it sense. was a $2 special, I'd been like, awesome. That's a, that's a steal. And right, I would right. take it, too. That makes sense. Yeah. I have a question. Um, well, first, uh, first of all, I agree with JD. I would feel weird p- giving mm. any less than two bucks if okay. I were, if I was going to do it on an individual level. Me myself, I'm just waiting for it to be ready in print, and I'll chuck down whatever that is for it. My question, though, is is especially for people like you, JD, and especially Noel, as we can see, you're. In, entire library behind you no you How- can't there's more down here oh i'm, I'm sure i'm sure <laughs> you can't see it do you want to see it do you want to do a video where i just walk you through the, all the spines maybe next week N- next week um, no next week all right no one in my life cares but me we care, we care, but we want to we give you a whole show, so that's why we're doing this. And, and a tutorial on how to bro dart your your. Please, your, please, yeah, we'll do the whole thing. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, all right, all right. There you go. So, <laughs> start your syllabus now. So, <laughs> look at it. He can't. He can't even. He can't even wait till next week. Here's the trailer for next week. <laughs> <laughs> More books. Go ahead, Len. My question is: How do you feel about the comic books in? being collected in that landscape um, format, especially as opposed to, you know, how it's now is going to be sitting on your shelves, because that's the only thing that would give me pause on buying mm-hmm. these books. So there was two different ways that, they d- that they've done it thus far. So Barrier was collected uh, in only in single issues, and then you could buy a sleeve for okay, it. It's right. I can get it. May I? It's, it's on your desk, your shelf, though, right? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so basically the reason he did that, which I love as a retail owner, um, is because for Barrier specifically, they said, we want people to have to go to comic book stores in order to read this. You can do it digitally through us, but if you're going to get a hard copy, we're going to try and support the local comic shop. So we're going to release it as oversized widescreen issues with a nice, um, uh, what's the word, cardstock cover, and you read Mm -hmm. it like this. You flip it up. Do you want um, me to get it? And then, no, it's okay. And then afterwards, uh, all six issues will be, uh, we'll, we're going to send out a, um, a slip cover that you can buy just to put those issues into so that you can put it on your shelf. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to make that clear. That's the reason they did that, Noel, as opposed to Private Eye, which is only released as a big hardcover that you could get at any Barnes & Noble, I think, or, or your local comic shop. But it's a $50 price tag, and that's a pretty hefty price tag for a book. Go ahead, Noel. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no no no! It was it was um it was essentially that like as for shelf barrier was was handled perfectly like they give you a, a spine to to kind of put it in, whereas this it 
it sits next to Wednesday Comics hardcover that right. doesn't fit in anything or on anything. Ooh. I literally just have it like here. There's right. always a section yeah. like that, right? Of your of anyone's book. Yeah, like the stuff that just like is on top of the shelf because it doesn't fit. Yeah, exactly. Like the I, I'll tell you the uh the history of the Marvel Universe, these prestige or these treasury editions, they're just slightly bigger than absolutes, so they do not fit in Calyx. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, the difference is is that with something especially like um uh, Wednesday's comics, which is meant as huge as it is to, yeah, fit on a shelf, but also kind of like meant to be kind of like displayed a little bit as well. You know, that is definitely a book that's supposed to kind of sit on your shelf. And, and Yeah, but and- build it better then because it's starting to, to warp. <laughs> what are you talking about? I hate that. Wednesday yeah. comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fun experiment, by the way. It was. Wow. I love it. I mean, if it was readily available, I, yeah. I'd say let's talk about that. I'll tell you. Do you, guys, do you guys have? Copies? I have all the original. I have all the original issues. Oh, nice. I do back in storage, like the the newspaper issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's go read some more comic books and co- come back next week to talk about them. Uh, I've been your host, Johnny Destructo. Thank you so much for watching the Spoiler Alert podcast on the Cult Pop Network. Uh, if you are on YouTube, you can visit us there and leave comments. If you're on Facebook, we can we stream it there. Um, Noel, do you got something to say or are you just finger gunning? No, I was just thumb, thumbing up. Finger, oh, dope. If you want to help the show out with some money, you can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. If you want to order some comic books, my shop is still doing mail out. So contact me any way you can. And uh, what else? Brian, where can people find you? Well, it's at brianleapdesign.com. Designs. It's a Brian's Leave Designs. <laughs> Brian's Leaves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Design.com. I can be found. All right, Noel. Uh, I uh, you can find me here with you every week. Uh, also <laughs> on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, M R B A R T O C C I, which I'll probably put in the Chiron next time too, uh, or all the social media channels. Just say hello. Nice. Hey, hey. You, you can holler at a triple, holla, 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 holla. Um, you can find me on all the social medias, Bat Tribble, The Bat Tribble, type it in and you'll find me. And also follow my crew, The Black Tribbles, on um, Facebook, every place that you find podcasts. We have a YouTube channel. Um, we're doing YouTube and Facebook live shows every Thursday. This past week, we played Superhero Pictionary, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and this week, I'm not sure exactly what we got planned. I think we got some kind of RPG thing planned. I'm not sure. We're going to be bugging out. We wild out. Follow us on Black Tribbles. Holla, 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 holla at a triple. Much love. All right. So one thing, one more thing before we go, in case you haven't heard, DC released a um, a bit of news. So they are going to be rolling out a very soft rollout of some new issues starting on uh, April 28th, Tuesday, April 28th, not Wednesday, new comic book day. It's available on Tuesdays. So uh, contact your local comic book store and see if they're going to be getting in these books. There's one, two, three, four, five of them, five new issues for that week. Um, And they're not even all new. Uh, The releases are Batman number 89, third printing. Batman Giant number four, Daphne Byrne as part of the Horror Hill House uh, um, 
imprint from DC Comics, Daphne Byrne number four of six, Sandman Universe The Dreaming number 20, and a second printing of Nightwing number 70, which I believe is the beginning of the Joker War series. Um, so, yeah, February, or I'm sorry, February, uh, April 28th, these books will be on shelves at your local comic shops. Get in contact with them. If you want those books, let your shop know. Uh, if it's not already on your subscription, please contact me and let me know you want them so that I know to get them for you. I'll probably only be ordering for the subscribers. Um, and then, you know, the next Tuesday after that, we've got Batman and the Outsiders, DC Superstars, Facsimile Edition, The Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, House of Whispers, and Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity. So if you're a DC fan, you're, they got more hard, hard copies coming your way. Contact your shop. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. 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 Yeah.